favored, but Shawnee Davis in that event. It's always fun to watch him. So I, I've been enjoying my uh, my Olympic experience so far. In my mind, the best part so far is that the U.S. is showing up in events that they traditionally don't do so well in. And two of the spots where we've uh, struck the hardest has been in women's moguls, something that the United States has never been superior at by any means. And like Andrew said, the Nordic combined, which that was our first medal ever. So it's been fun. Hopefully the U.S. can keep this up, and I think they'll finish with the most medals. And, yeah, there we go. America is going to continue to rock the Olympics. But thanks for joining us here on Extra Points. It wasn't as depressing as I thought as we had a nice lengthy conversation about softball. But be sure to join us Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for our daily sports reports at 5.15 and Game of the Week on Friday. We'll have Michigan hockey for you from 7 to 10 p.m. But for everyone here in the studio, I'm Rushi saying thank you and good night. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of the University of Michigan Student Radio. Moss knocked over Tambellini, winds up and he scores! Just Tambellini lets a laser go from the near side circle and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Tambellini. WCBN-FM, the Sun Ra Orchestra, and the Regents of the University of Michigan would like to remind you that truth is the most precious commodity. Demand the truth. Accept no substitutes. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I saw 
<laughs> one of the old episodes of Monty Python last week, and how appropriate that the, one of the skits they had was election night. It's the silly party versus the sensible party and the very, very silly party. <laughs> Graham uh, Chapman giving the party politic up. Oh, it down. was great. I was thinking, man, they should show this right before they show every uh, election coverage uh, in, in the United States of America because you could uh, really appreciate the utter silliness of it all. And, of course, you know, it's related to the infamous silly walks and all that. And, of course, we had a very silly week. <laughs> Indeed. Global warming. All the discussions about how, you know, the South is getting pummeled again with another snow system, and that's proof that there's no global warming. Uh, it's not global warming, dude. It's climate change. And uh, these uh, storm systems were predicted by meteorologists this year because we're entering an El Nino period. The storms are tracking south, and it's raining at the Olympics, where it's warm. Right, and of course, the, the you know, El Nino is a cycle, uh, yes. but it does sweep a little further south than it has in past, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's the furthest south ever, but uh, this is part of the shift. Part of the shift, and, you know, the prevailing northwesterly winds of the winter, that's nothing new. Uh, the United States is cold in February. Um, wake up. So a brain damage award to all of the naysayers once again and needless to say there have been some legitimate scientific blunders that have contributed to the silly party versus the sensible party on this uh, debate but uh, we will return to the silly party at some point and their denial of uh, any climate change brain damage award to hillary clinton uh you know iran's been in the news i'm in a benny jod he gets a brain damage award. He publicly announces that they're a nuclear power when the science indicates that they are not. Uh, William Broad, for instance, in last uh, week's New York Times reported that the latest uh, nuclear enrichment issue, um, the latest step, to quote him, an order on Sunday to begin enriching uranium to 20% would not itself produce nuclear fuel that could uh, easily be used in a bomb, which generally requires uranium enriched to at least 90%. But the technical leap required to get to 90% from 20% is relatively straightforward, specialists say. Why I've been many many Jod would uh, announce this uh, publicly is uh, anyone's guess, but he's always been a buffoon. And then what does the United States do? It responds with a kind of silly argument that the... Uh, Iranian regime is a military dictatorship. Well, Hillary uh, and her comments on Iran, she's been very bellicose in the past. As yeah. a candidate for president, she you know, sort of casually discussed war uh, with Iran. And uh, as, that did was, Sarah Palin, as did Sarah Palin, which is, puts week. her in uh, awkward company there. We'll put her in the very, very silly party. <laughs> Indeed. But at the time, the you know, one possible way of reading that was, as a candidate, she was speaking towards uh, voters of New York, uh, because, of course, uh, Israel often leads the charge on, let's go to war with Iran now, um, which, of course, uh, brain damage award for uh, Benjamin, don't call me boo-boo, Netanyahu, on the same regard, who uh, has demanded immediate and, crip quote, crippling sanctions. 
Uh, Iran is racing forward to produce nuclear weapons, Netanyahu told European diplomats. And so I would urge uh, Bubu to climb down from the nuclear tree. One of the primary reasons why Iran seeks nuclear weapons is to uh, equate itself as a, a military power with Israel, who, of course, enjoy a sort of well-kept secret of a nuclear stockpile. And uh, one way to demonstrate to countries particularly like Turkey, who are said to be on the fence uh, with regards to increased uh, or heightened sanctions against Iran, uh, I think it would be... Uh, an argument in favor of convincing Turkey to join a sanctions regime if uh, Netanyahu would demonstrate good faith on the part of Israel and say, you know what, in the interests of demilitarizing the region, we will begin to eliminate our nuclear stockpile. But that's not the way Bubu sees the world, and so a uh, brain damage award for him. Yeah, and the the real serious issue, of course, is uh, nuclear proliferation. Obviously, uh, we don't want to see the number of nuclear powers grow. There's already too many nuclear weapons with no uh, reliable uh, way of, of uh, dealing with the storage problems, uh, let alone Obama's uh, misguided uh, statement a couple of weeks ago in the State of the Union about uh, developing nuclear power. How ironic that the, mm. the day that he announced that in his speech, the day before, there had been a... Uh, release of tritium uh, in in the water uh, up in Vermont in, in the Yankee uh, nuclear facility up there. It's, it's Yankee something or other, Yankee 1 or Yankee 2, uh, certainly not the Boston Red Sox. But uh, it's amazing that even Dick Cheney, uh, who, of course, made the news yesterday, he's back, and uh, he uh, distanced himself from Sarah Palin. With the statement, I don't think a president can make a judgment like this based on the basis of poli politics in reference to starting a war with Iran. Um, look, the Iranian regime is crumbling in our midst. And as I've said before, I think the United States should take a hands-off uh, approach with uh, diplomacy and discussions behind the scenes. Obviously, trying to get China and the uh, Russia on board to a sanctions regime is still unclear if that's going to happen. But the point is, the United States needs to keep its fingerprints off the ultimate collapse of this regime. And, of course, the reference to the military dictatorship is the increasing... Uh, power that the Revolutionary Guard is uh, alleged to have been uh, accruing over the the last many months. Strictly speaking, not the military so yes. much as it is a sort of a personal militia. Right, of the theocracy that right. Iran clearly is. So, um, In fact, on that point, uh, interesting article in the Financial Times last week um, about the grandson of Ayatollah Khomeini, who was, of course, the intellectual heavyweight behind the Islamic Revolution, and uh, Hassan Khomeini, the 38-year-old grandson, uh, has emerged as a quiet but persistent supporter of the opposition Green Movement. Um, and this uh, is a very interesting development, and again, something that the United States doesn't need to do anything about, except to quietly back away and let this unfold as a purely Iranian matter. Uh, last week, for example, uh, Mr. Khomeini, the grandson of the uh, former Ayatollah, uh, accompanied the fundamentalist president, Ahmadinejad, to uh, the grandfather's shrine, but he left as soon as Ahmadinejad started his speech. 
and um, he has spoken out on Iranian television about the distortion of what his grandfather's view of current events would be. And I'll just read this uh, short paragraph from uh, Najma Bozogmer's article from the February 11th Financial Times. The attacks on the Ayatollah Khomeini's young descendant by allies of the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khatami, show the rivalry between two schools, which might be termed Khomeiniism and Khomeiniism. Excuse me, Khomeini is the Ayatollah currently. Uh, supporters of the former insist Khomeini believe the regime's legitimacy is derived from the ballot box. Meanwhile, allies of the Ayatollah Khomeini would argue that God confers legitimacy on the government and indirectly appoints the supreme leader. In other words, God speaks through him. Aha, the which Sarah the, Palin school of political thought. Which the Ayatollah Khomeini, for all of his faults, eccentricities, and extremism, never quite claimed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and of course, the Iran's quote-unquote celebrated the uh, anniversary of the revolution yeah. recently. Very quietly, because of course the fear that any open uh, assemblies in the street might be you know, turning into green movement uh, reformist protests. Yeah, and supporters of the regime probably were undoubtedly bust in (laughs) from various parts of the country. And, uh, you know, I think that the United States should let the developments unfold and uh, keep its fingerprints, or as the saying goes, remain out of the room when the gun goes off. Yeah. It, well, it it is important for the U.S. and Europe uh, to keep an eye on the uh, extension of uh, trade between China and Iran. Uh, China has recently overtaken uh, the European Union to become Iran's largest trading partner. Which, of course, is why they are not uh, enthusiastically supporting a, a new sanctions regime. And I think that Biden, for instance, yesterday, while overall correct in his uh, critique of Dick Cheney, uh, kind of blew it on the issue of uh, China agreeing to support sanctions on Iran. Uh, Russia may be leaning more a little bit towards the American position, but mm-hmm. that remains to be seen as well. As for Dick Cheney, uh, to claim once again in an interview, it's clear, once again, quoting Dick Cheney here, that President Obama is trying to pretend that we are not at war is most remarkable. Um, does he pay attention to the news? Um, hear the speech? <laughs> hear the speech or, you know, take, for instance, this offensive that's occurring in Afghanistan right now that the, in the, in the Helmand, uh, provincial area, um, this is... Or look w- at the military budget. Widely reported. And Obama has effectively tripled the number of troops in Afghanistan uh, from the rather weak... Cheney-Bush policy that ignored uh, the, the problems in Afghanistan. And it it's amazing that he just continues to make this assertion. He also, of course, continued to claim that the Obama administration was, quote, wrongly trying to take credit for progress in Iraq, going on to say, quote, if they had had their way, if we'd followed the politics they'd pursued from the outset or advocated from the outset, Saddam Hussein would still be in power in Baghdad today. Maybe, maybe not. He might even be dead by today because I jokingly said long ago that he was halfway up the cross 10 years ago. Yeah. There was a policy of containment 
Uh, he was not a threat to the United States. The United States has spent a trillion dollars uh, for very little to show in Iraq. Maqtada al-Sadr is biding his time. And for Dick Cheney to blithely ignore the consequences of this disastrous Iraq war that has not benefited the United States in any way, shape, or form is very silly. Very silly indeed, as is his claim that Saddam Hussein would still be in power. Because if Dick Cheney were given the choice, A, would you rather have Saddam Hussein still in power, or B, would you rather have had a full and complete uh, trial for Saddam Hussein, in other words, investigate and catalog all of his crimes, which would you rather have? And clearly anybody affiliated with the Nixon, Bush, Reagan... Bush, Bush, Cheney, Cheney regime, let's call it what it is, uh, would clearly, and that's obviously why they rushed to execute Saddam Hussein, you know, try him for uh, one set of crimes and execute him, and therefore you never have to bother the embarrassment of uh, disclosing America's involvement in supporting him Mm -hmm. for so many years. And the entire BCCI scandal can quietly disappear. Into the background. And Biden actually gave Dick Cheney a nice little back backhand by claiming, thank God the last administration didn't listen to him at the end. And this, of course, mm. is in reference to some very minor tweaking of Bush administration policy um, regarding uh, a variety of issues. But this continuing nonsense about military commissions and Mirandizing rights and all this petty stuff that's going on in the body politic... Is precisely why, uh, what is it, uh, eight, uh, Congress has an approval rating of 18%. Um, interesting, by the way, on the Tea Party, I, I found this uh, New York Times uh, poll that is in conjunction with other polls regarding the uh, Tea Party movement. Uh, it's interesting that 34% haven't heard or read anything about it. That's a third of the public. have no opinion on the Tea Party, which is, by my math, almost, well, more than half the people in the United States. Oh, well, uh, they're making a lot of noise, but they don't seem to be making... A lot of light, no heat. ...that much of an impression, and not much of it is favorable uh, with respect to their... The people that actually know something about the uh, Tea Party movement. Um, And it's also fascinating how poorly uh, Bush scores in current polls, George Bush uh, II, that is. And no, we don't miss you. (laughs) Miss me yet? (laughs) Yeah. Well, of course, it is President's Day today. Uh, when you and I were kids, we had Lincoln's birthday off of school sure. and Washington's birthday off from school and to create the national holiday to free up for Martin Luther King Day, which to me makes a lot more sense as a 20th century American to acknowledge that great American. President's Day is a sort of a, okay, it's just a token gesture for all presidents, but it's important to remember that it does include all presidents. And you do get discounts on refrigerators. <laughs> so... <laughs> Shop early and often on President's Day. And And in honor uh, of uh, George Washington, our first president, will declare that George the Third, or George W. Bush, is uh, last in war, last in peace, and last in the heart of his countrymen. He may be a little bit above Millard Fillmore, but... (laughs) 
in terms of the hearts of his countrymen, but uh, he's down there. And no, we don't miss you. <laughs> Keep going to the ball games. That's uh, where we like to see you. Watching the Cowboys. If we have to see you at all. <laughs> yeah. He goes to lots of sporting events. Dick Cheney uh, is still somewhere in an undisclosed bunker somewhere in Washington, coming out of his dark, cavernous m- hole. Where his brain rests for 14 hours a day in a cauldron of uh, synthetic petrochemicals. Fossil. By the way, Dick Cheney. Fossil fuel. Pentagon spending is still... At a point where it rivals the rest of the world's defense costs combined. Well, it's even more than that now, believe it or not, when they've included finally on the budget the cost of the True, Iraq yeah. and Afghanistan wars. But I mean, that's an, 76%. That's an abomination when you consider the other needs that this country has and the resources and the human labor and squandered. The misery. The horror. <laughs> it's the horror. The horror. Um, incidentally, uh, an interesting study came out a couple months ago, uh, speaking of Dick Cheney and fossil fuel. Of course, his uh, brain has been fossilized for many a year now. Burning fossil fuels costs the United States about $120 billion a year in health costs, mostly because of thousands of premature deaths from air pollution, the National uh, Academy of uh, Sciences reported in a study on Monday. This from the 24th of October, 2009. Um, New York Times by Matthew Wald. Those are the hidden costs of fossil fuel. And uh, the Pentagon spending is in America is obscene. Um, it's, it's remarkable when they discuss all this nonsense about budget deficits and whatnot. Um, how much um, the Cold War and uh, other wars have put this country in debt to uh, various entities around the world, including the Chinese. Yeah, well, uh, whether you want to compare how much uh, individual states spend on prisons relative to schools, and obviously prisons get more money, or if you want to look at As the Harper's Index does, the estimated number of U.S. veterans under 65 who died in 2008 because they lacked health insurance, that's 2,266, factor by which this exceeds the number of U.S. soldiers who died in Iraq and Afghanistan last year, five. So there are lots of things that we can and could spend money on. Um, But no. But no, and I didn't bring the article in, but a uh, large... Um, insurance company based in California reported profits of $2.7 billion last year. They wanted to increase premiums 40% starting on March 1st. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't need to do anything about the insurance health care problem in in uh, the United States of America. Let's uh, keep the filibusters going and let's slow dance this till the end of time. Um, this, of course, is proof that something needs to be done, but uh, don't count on it. Uh, America has more pressing problems. We need to debate whether suspects from Nigeria are getting their Miranda rights read and whether Richard Reed got his read. Uh, whatever. Uh, the... Um, <clears throat> 
Let's see. The February 22nd edition of The Nation magazine, I think, is a particularly interesting issue. There's a little homage to uh, Howard Zinn, who passed away recently, uh, that I would uh, urge uh, listeners to uh, examine. And also there's a very good analysis of why Rehnquist would not have voted with the Supreme Court majority in the recent uh, Citizens United case. Uh, Interesting. Quote, he's a conservative. Uh, in the true sense of the word, In the perhaps. true sense of yeah. the word. And uh, there's also a cover story um, about a new constitutional convention regarding the problems that the American public are having with Congress by Lawrence Lessig uh, that I think is kind of interesting. I heard him on an interview last week uh, advocating a new constitutional convention to uh, amend the Constitution to get uh, these people in Washington, D.C., to wake up. At the beginning of the issue, there's an also fascinating uh, discussion, and I'm going to read part of this letter by Harold Taggart, who worked at the Social Security Administration uh, in reference to a William Greider, who's their main economic correspondent, uh, article looting Social Security. He writes, a looting issue Greider didn't address is the outright criminal theft from lower and middle class workers. Social Security is a flat tax, so deductions begin with the first dollar of wages on each year. In 1981, when Ronald Reagan became president, that ceiling was 29700 When Reagan left office, it was 48000 Today, it's slightly over 100000 When the ceiling is reached, what happens... Only to the richest Americans, it's like receiving a huge tax cut. The exception is Medicare, for which there is no wage ceiling. That deduction is about 1.5%, plus a matching amount from the employer. Healthcare for our oldest, sickest, neediest citizen costs 3% in the public sector. Under Reagan, the percentage of deductions increased by 25%. In effect, there was a 55% tax increase on lower and middle class workers. That's the largest tax increase in history and the largest redistribution of wealth upward. The mainstream media missed that too. And that is in reference to how Congress obscures the actual operating deficit every year by looting Social Security. They take money out of one bank account, the infamous lockbox debate from the 2000 presidential election uh, that featured Al Gore. Where are you, Al Gore? <laughs> Global warming. It's not happening, according to Rush Limbaugh. He gets a brain damage award. That's, those are the facts about the, the deficit and the Social Security issue and the solvency of it. Now, Medicaid is a different story. There are going to be serious problems with Medicaid, unfortunately, within five years. And uh, this, this health insurance mess in the United States is not going to go away by divine intervention. No, and uh, extravagant amounts of cash have been flung around uh, with all sorts of wishful aspirations uh, in the healthcare matter. Uh, from an article by Stephanie Kirschengosner, uh, she notes that uh, records released yesterday show that corporations spent more money than ever lobbying members of Congress in 2009 even amid the worst recession in decades. The lobbying frenzy peaked in the fourth quarter of 2009, which hit a record of $955 million spent. 
lobbying appears recession-proof, said Sheila Krumholtz, executive director of the Center for Responsive Politics. And um, she continues, even when companies are scaling back other operations, many view lobbying as a critical tool in protecting their future interests. And uh, last detail, I'll, I'll note here from the article, the pharmaceutical and health products industry broke all records by spending $267 million last year in what the center's analysts said was, quote, the greatest amount ever spent on lobbying efforts by a single industry for one year. Yes, and last week I noted that the um, interest on the deficit with respect to this year's deficit is $250 billion. And uh, Harold Taggart in his letter writes, and I just wanted to finish this off, in the final turn of the knife is the interest paid on the bonds uh, bought by surplus Social Security contributions. Reagan used the bond money to conceal the costs of tax cuts for the wealthy and a massive military buildup to spend the Soviet Union into the Stone Age. Since nothing substantial or revenue generating was acquired with the funds, that interest plus the principal must be paid back from our current income taxes. Part of the workers' income taxes goes to replacing its own previous Social Security contributions. That's why when you get this bull, there's no other word for it, in this ongoing debate in Congress regarding the deficit, the debt, and all these confusing terms that are thrown around, it must be remembered that that interest on the debt means taxes go up. And uh, the people that have borrowed most of this money, uh, unfortunately, according to the historical record, in honor of President's Day, is George W. Bush and Ronald Reagan. They borrowed the money. Yeah. They looted the system. They decapitalized America when we should have been investing in education. Infrastructure. Infrastructure, clean energy, and whatnot. By the way, there actually is occasionally good news, and I like to sometimes report a good news story as we're running out of time. Uh, here on Gray Matters, which you've been listening to here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Last year, wind power in the United States grew 39% for the year. And there's a nice little chart showing the rapid increase in the generating capacity of megawatts in the United States. And hopefully this trend will continue. This is the type of infrastructure and government spending that I'm all in favor of. Absolutely. Create the jobs here in the United States. Uh, Michigan, for instance, has uh, plenty of spare manufacturing capacity to build the parts for these turbines, as do other states in the Midwest region, for instance. All in favor of it. Forget this idea of nuclear power. I don't know where, I mean, I understand it's compatible with some strange uh, aspect of the climate change debate because it doesn't produce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but the problems with nuclear power have not been sufficiently addressed, and there's a reason there haven't been any nuclear power plants built. In decades. Since Three Mile Island. Yeah. Since Jimmy Carter and Garrett Morris. <laughs> were mutated into giant lovers. <laughs> Met in the colossal growing <laughs> presidency of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, we are approaching the end of the program. Uh, Yazoo City Calling, or something very much like it, will uh, begin shortly. 
Um, on a somewhat uh, humorous note, and I say emphasize somewhat because the, the article is actually about uh, Vietnam Central Bank devaluing their currency. But the headline uh, takes on uh, humorous overtones, of course, uh, since the unit of currency in Vietnam is called the dong.